What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. the podcast nate smith here with one evil genius and one sam meyer and uh i've, I've got tom pestak hooked up here on the chat but he's going on vacation and we're all giving him a hard time but <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know who schedules vacation for the finals if you're a Cavs fan but hey that's just me <laughs> i don't know if there's like some fake Cavs the blog currency or something but almost seems like that's a finable offense at this point <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> well tom yeah. has to do the next next in in insta cap with no shirt yeah <laughs> why why are you punishing can, the rest of us maybe we can well, that's true. a better one than that <laughs> that's true he's got to get a calves of blog tattoo there we on go his <laughs> on his face like a tyson type thing yeah yeah there you go he's got to get a calves of blog tribal tattoo there you go. The big, the big uh, curvy C on the on his cheek. That might look kind of cool, actually. <laughs> so uh, start, a, start a trend before before we got started here. Eg was uh, giving us a hard time for all of us uh, picking the calves on the five on five. I don't know if I was giving you a hard time. I just felt like there wasn't a whole lot of there wasn't a whole lot of uh, there was a lot of bias there. I felt that's all. Well, we are we are fighting the national bias. I know, and, and and the national bias has been the little I've heard 
and it was mostly on the radio, just driving around from place to place this week. Um, seems pretty obnoxious. It seems palpable. pretty much like, like, like no one's yeah. giving the Cavs a chance. Like someone on national radio, I heard. I think it was. I think the the fan was playing a recording of it this morning. I don't know if it was on the. It's somebody uh, guesting on the Jim Rome show or something like that. Somebody saying uh, Golden State and four book it, and I was like, that's even even if you're the most diehard Golden State honk or fan, I don't think anyone's saying brazen enough after last year to say either of these teams. Not even four. last year, like, the last just, two years, right? Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, even know? like Jeff Van Gundy, who's one of my favorite commentators. He was on the low post today, and he said he'd be more surprised to uh, see the Warriors sweep than he would see the series go to seven games. And that's right. just an incredible statement to me when they're playing a team with one of the, at very least, three best players of all time on it. Like that's just an incredible that, and that's the trend. Everyone would be with the national man, media would be shocked. A man with weaponized testicles. Did you hear that quote? <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, the quote was that the Cavs only won last year because LeBron took used his testicles as a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Why, well, dangled them like furry dice in front of, yeah, exactly, LeBron, in front exactly. of Draymond Green? Who... I was going to say, unless he put magnets on them or so, I don't know what they mean by that. Well, you know, so, Draymond, so weaponized, Draymond weaponized like testicles has been a term floating around on on Cavs Twitter yeah. all week, and I, I could not be happier. <laughs> well, Dray- Draymond, Draymond, and, and testicles are kind of like kind of like cat in a ball of twine. Like yeah, he, he can't just... help but but bat at it with his <laughs> feet and legs and hands. So we'll see if that happens this year. I guess but yeah. he's been. You know what? Someone did say though that Draymond this year, like last year, was ridiculous with all the technicals and flagrants that he had, and this year. I think he's only had two technicals in the playoffs and no flagrants. So, well, you know, he should have had more technicals. Let, well, we'll, of course he should that. have. Of course he should have. But that that that's the day rigor for the 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 officials in in the in the NBA because they've gotten look. Draymond might be the smartest guy out there because he understood that if he if he goes over the top all the time, they can't tee him up all the time. <laughs> So they have to pick their spots. You set the bar high or low, as yep. the case may be. But no one gets under his skin like the Cavs do, and I, no. I still think they'll there'll be a a moment or two where they will they'll piss him off, and it'll be whether or not he's learned his lesson from last year. Yeah, yeah, and and the gotta, real. Sorry, go ahead, Sam. I was just gonna say he's got to be the number one on my list of of players that I would absolutely love if they were a Cavalier, but hate because they're not. And that's, that's even beside how good he is. Like the mentality he brings to them. Like he he made a comment today about how you said LeBron could be the greatest of all time if he wants, but he just can't have this ring. And uh, he's just (laughs) one of those guys that like (laughs) you, you have to love it if he's in your locker room going into a series like this. So he he takes all the pressure off you. Absolutely. Well, he's the only one on that team who's mentally tough and they need it. Yeah, they absolutely need it. I I I don't think it's uh it's an exaggeration to say that he's the single most important player on that on that team 
for a multitude of reasons. And I think his his mentality and his grit is is near the top. Yeah, and uh, Ben Worth said it today on the um, on his uh, point forward. He's you know he's been consistently the best all around Golden State Warrior the last you know three seasons. Yeah. Um, uh, and actually, yeah. and he's having a monster playoffs. I mean, let's let's not sugarcoat that either. His per thirty six, uh, almost fifteen points, seven four point four assists, nine rebounds, two point two blocks, and two steals with a sixty five true shooting percentage. He might be their best player right now, and he's been phenomenal. Um, and if LeBron James wasn't in the playoffs. He would definitely be considered the best all-around player in the playoffs right now. But fortunately uh, for us Cavs fans, LeBron James is in the playoffs. <laughs> and, Although I will, you you have to qualify it as I feel like in the spirit of the fact that everything about the Cavs has been qualified over the last week, and you know I've heard everything from. Well, you, this this should be Golden State going for three straight, you know, and the argument could easily be made that this could be the Cavs going for three straight right. without without oh, their yeah, injuries. Yeah. But but um, to overanalyze the the Draymond numbers, who's he gone up against? No, they've I mean, gone up against Portland. Her. Who's who's Portland's uh, answer for him? They don't have anybody. I mean, Mo Harkless. Mo Harkless. <laughs> yeah. Who is Utah's answer for him? Uh, Jeff Ingles, <laughs> or, well, and, um, and who is and once and once, uh, yeah, they um, they don't have a guy to counter him. I mean, yeah, and, and with, even with the Spurs, even with the Spurs, when after after Kawhi went down, who yeah. did they have? Uh, well, saying, the, I agree, Green's had a he's had great numbers, but who well, this is why the Cavs matchup is going to be so so in, interesting and uh, is because it's if we can manage to have Love guard him for. You know, half the time love is on the court. That makes the Cavs playoff chances just so much more realistic, in my opinion. If love can just hang with him for half the time he's out on the court, because if he can't, then we have to slide what LeBron onto him or we have to bring Richard Jefferson. And we're having I think you have Tristan on him. Yeah, I think you flip Tristan and and uh, and love for Zaza and. And green, and if it's green, if green's playing the five, then it's then it's Tristan and Love slides right. over to try to guard Clay, I guess, who's the who right now is in a is cold shooting, but or or Iguodala, who they probably have on the floor at that point. Yeah. So I guess that half the time I'm talking about is the half the time where Tristan's not on the floor, or do you just play Tristan forty minutes a game like you're playing LeBron? I, I think Tristan's going to play a lot unless uh, Ty's got some magic thing up his sleeve where he's going to roll out. He's gonna roll out the death line. His own, not death, but uh, I hate calling. I hate it when they call it death line. That's one of my biggest pet peeves, <laughs> by the way. This this so called death lineup. It's like no one's dying out there. Anyways, <laughs> what what uh, what I would say is that uh, the what was the the wildcat offense that they had with with Channing, uh, you know, with the with the three wildcats, and you know wh- whether or not you want to plug D Will into that that group or not, but. If all of a sudden they've got, they decide to play some play big like that and try to draw Draymond out of the paint by putting throwing Fry out there when they when the Warriors go small, 
Uh, and they'll do the same thing with love too. Mm. That's that's why love is the key to this series on the cab side because if yeah. love can if love can continue as hot to be hot from both the outside and in the post and not let Draymond be out physical him, then that's a huge. I, I'd argue that's even more important than him being able to guard Draymond on the other side because then he's pulling Draymond out of the paint and opening up lanes for for Kyrie and LeBron to get to the rack. Absolutely. And but that's got that's got to happen. I mean, Kevin Love's played the best basketball of his Cavs career the last couple of series, but we'll see if it continues against a what's what should be a much stronger defensive uh team, especially if they decide to just put Draymond on him and try to shut him down. Yeah, it's been really interesting. The Cavs have had a lot of very good defensive players and a lot of very bad defensive players. Um, Tristan, the Cavs' defensive rating when Tristan Thompson is on the floor is ninety six point eight. Um, the Cavs' defensive cool. rating when Channing Frye is on the floor is like one hundred eight. Yeah. So, so but it's... loves but loves defensive rating. I think in the last two series was really good too, wasn't it? Like, wasn't that like it was? He was in the ni- high nineties. I think. Yeah, it it was very good. And um, the funny thing uh, is the who has the best offensive rating on the Cavs right now uh, in the playoffs? It's Channing Fry, <laughs> which is goofy. Yeah, you know. So what he's taken away on defense, he's given you on offense, and then. Uh, the second best offensive rating, ironically, is uh, Tristan Thompson with a 138, according to Basketball Reference. So well, he had a few games where he like he didn't miss a shot. Like he had a couple right. games where he was like six of six or seven of seven, I think. Yeah, and and the interesting matchup to me will be if you make it is who Golden State guards Tristan with, because if you put uh, Draymond Green on him. Well, now you're basically um, putting Draymond Green on a guy who only touches the ball uh, on lob passes and putbacks and, and screens. Uh, whereas if you then you can't put him on LeBron, you can't put him on Kevin Love. But if you leave anybody off him, I I think he owns Zaza. Yeah. And uh, and and that'll be interesting and. Maybe we'll see a lot of um, JaVale McGee, but what was the quote I heard from an unnamed Cav that JaVale McGee is not intelligent (laughs) enough to play in the finals, Um, which I thought was harsh, but I'm not going to argue with the wisdom of, of, of a Cavalier, so. Yeah. No, logic would, logic would dictate, especially the way they switch, They'll probably try to make sure they switch Steph on to Tristan as much as possible. Yeah, because as much as Steph will want to guard Kyrie, we saw how that went last year. Mm-hmm. You know, so they'll most likely put Clay on Kyrie. They'll have either either Ig- Iguodala or Durant on LeBron or Green because they said they'll throw all three guys at him. At, at and I think you'll see points. some of Dur- Durant on LeBron too. Did you say Durant? Yeah, that's, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. yeah. Just... Those those three guys: Iguodala, Durant, and and Draymond. Depending on how, depending on on what mode LeBron's in at that point in time. So that means you're going to have 
Yeah, they're going to try to hide because Zaza again. Zaza can't come out on 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 guards. Zaza can't switch on the perimeter the, the same way that say a Tristan can, yeah. and neither can Javale. So I, I see both Javale and Zaza playing probably like maybe ten to twelve minutes a game, and then the majority of it's going to be with Draymond at the at, Dray, either Draymond or, or or Durant at the five. So they got West too, oh, who I think is. Probably their best option out of the three for this series. Probably, mainly because he's he can actually hit a mid range or mid range yeah, shot. He's, he's got he's got defensive intelligence and you know mental toughness, and he has a guy that has consistently played the Cavs well throughout his career. He hasn't mm-hmm. been intimidated by them, and uh, he seems to do a decent job at times on uh, Tristan Thompson. Kind of knows how to get his body into him, and he's not him. nearly as fast as he used to be though no, so no he that'll be a didn't. that'll be a trouble i think it'll be a problem for them switching yeah so well, i mean I, those, I think all three of those guys, guys play some but i don't think any of them are going to play more than 10 12 minutes a game right i mean ultimately whoever they have it playing at five is going to be you're going to put them in a pick and roll whether it's one of those three guys or even if it's draymond i feel like you put him in the pick and roll just to get him out of the paint area and to open it up open up the rest of the court so, uh, I, and I think that's what's so fascinating about this series is both of these teams are so good and so experienced and so knowledgeable about the other team that they've got counters upon counters upon counters of, of options to throw at each team. And, uh, there's just all these tiny little factors that you can point at that say, well, if this goes this way, this team will win. If it goes the other way, the other team wins. Yeah. And, and I, it just I think, comes down to who makes the most plays. Right. Absolutely. Shots. And taking care of the ball, I think, is going to be enormous for the Cavs. I, they cannot get sloppy like they have in previous series. Well, both teams. Yeah. I mean, that's what killed. That's really what killed the Golden State last year was all the all the the poorly timed turnovers in in the last three games. Yeah. Um. You know, but yeah, it's no, interesting. I'll, I'll, I, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. But no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'll agree with you, Sam. It's it's a fascinating series. Um, there's so many like storylines playing out. Like, uh, one of the things that fascinates me is how well some of the people on Golden State and Cleveland are shooting, and then how poorly a guy like Clay Thompson's shooting. And are those numbers sustainable uh, for right. both teams? Um, you know, are they both going to regress to the mean? And then the other side of that being, I feel like the Cavs. I feel like the front five is probably an advantage to the Warriors, albeit slight, when when they play their best five lineup. But I feel like the Cavs one to eight are just better. Um, you know, Sean Livingston is not even getting; uh, he's ninth in minutes now, and Jaja Pachulia is tenth. Um, whereas, you know, you look at the Cavs and their bench is just. All the way down to Channing Fry and Richard Jefferson are playing really well. I mean, Channing Fry as a ninth man is fantastic. I said it earlier this playoffs. Derek Williams is the best eleventh man in the NBA right now. <laughs> yeah. So, I yeah. mean, both these teams are loaded. I feel like the cat, the Warriors are a little more top loaded, but the Cavs are a little deeper. And I think the longer the playoff goes on, the more that helps the Cavs. But and there's just so yeah. many like little subtle things like the scheduling. Did any yeah. either of you guys get a chance to look at how the schedule plays out? 
Yeah, it's three, three or two nights off between most games. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, except for the least... two, the th- games three and four in Cleveland. Right. I think. Yeah. Right. I mean, which yeah, probably been... actually helps the Cavs. Oh, en- enormously. Yeah, I said after I saw that schedule, I was like, if that was the schedule the Cavs had had in 2015, they'd be they'd be going for a three-peat right now. Because <laughs> that travel yeah, game in that series killed them when yeah. they went back to Golden State uh, for, what was it, game five. Yep. Yeah, there's. A, I think the schedule will be very, very interesting because I... My big feeling on this is, or on this whole series is kind of like last year where the Cavs had to take their punches. Um, mm-hmm. I, now I don't expect the first two games this year to go like they did last year, but the Cavs kind of have to take their punches. And I think their big strength in this is their endurance. Um, cause we've been playing every series in the last two months of the season with LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Love getting huge minutes like we expect them to in the finals. So they're conditioned and they're ready for this type of a type of a series from a minute standpoint. So if we can get through the first first three or four games floating treading water, whether it's two two or one three, you know, you, if we can get to a game six, you have to feel like the advantage is at Cleveland at that point. Because game six at home, a, a huge advantage in Cleveland. And then in Game Seven, you've got the best player in the world on your team. How, like, how can you bet against them at that point? So, well, and the other thing is, is the longer the series goes on, the more pressure is on Golden State. Right. I mean, yes. The Cav a they have home field. The Cavs have already won. You know, it's gravy. They're the ones that went out, and I mean, it's it's just amazing to me that the Cavs championship isn't even celebrated like it should be um because the immediate story was you know kevin gar i'm sorry kevin durant and i think all the pressure is on them this series i'm so excited well (laughs) well, just think about how i mean i just think back to the the thunder having a 3-1 lead and a nine point lead in the fourth quarter in game six uh and how different the NBA would look right now had that game gone a different way. If Russell Westbrook hadn't turned it over three times in the last two minutes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, seriously. Yep. Yeah. And I, the other thing I've no... been thinking of... oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, then, you know, the, I still think the Cavs win the, win the finals and there's no Kevin Durant going to Golden State. And that's probably another epic another epic battle in in the the Western Conference Finals this year. Well and that leads me into what I've like what I was what I've been thinking a lot this week is even not from a Cavs perspective, the thing that ticks me off most about Durant going to uh Golden State is I just feel like he robbed us out of a really, really epic postseason. Like even as even as much as we anticipated Golden State versus Cavs number three like it just doesn't feel the same because it's not the same teams anymore. Like when you add Kevin Durant to a team, it's not the same series anymore. It's not the same matchup. Like it's just not, you know. And on top of that, we missed out on on Golden State and Oklahoma City going up against each other again. So I just feel like he cheated us or cheated basketball fans out of two potentially or you know, one great rematch and then a a true 
trilogy of a series between the Cavs and the Warriors. I mean, this is regardless of what happens, it's just not the same series. It's it's hard to count it as the third run of of a matchup between these two teams. And I don't know. You can't have the same game twice. I mean, you know, Apollo Creed was in Rocky Three. But he wasn't the guy he fought. So come on, you got you got to change it up a little every time. I don't know. I would have loved. It. That's I, a, that's an old man reference for you, Sam. I just realized yeah. how young you are. Hollow Creed. Who's that? Yeah. <laughs> but here, but he's the I one that Rocky was in his kids' movie in the last installment. <laughs> but I think oh, what okay. what what might I mean? Look, what, what I would get overlooked a little bit is the fact that this could just be. This could just be the the third matchup in a series of five. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't we could be going though? best everyone, of seven here. Yeah, everyone kind of views three as like the the end all be all. But is there any indication yeah. that both of these teams aren't going to be back next year as well? I, I would not based on how easily they walk through this year, right? And, <laughs> yeah, and not everything I'm hearing out of the East, which is basically that nobody wants. To, I, I mean, the only team I could even see giving them a run for their money next year is Miami if they somehow got Durant. If, if, I mean, and, or Paul George, I mean, they would have to stack those teams. I just don't see anybody coming out of the East. And the only thing that the Cavs have going against them coming into the offseason is they have a really good core, but their bench, I mean, they're not going to get Kyle Corver and Deron Williams. And Channing Fry and Richard Jefferson all back on the minimums. Although right. Richard Jefferson's still signed, but you know, all those guys aren't coming back for the minimum. So the question is how much are they going to spend? Don't uh, they have right. Corver's bird rights or partial they bird rights? They do have they his. They do have rights. his. Yeah. Yeah. But how much do they want to spend? I think I could see Darren Williams not coming back. Although where's Darren Williams going to go? Like why, if, oh, why wouldn't you come back? As, as I said, he's playing the best basketball of his career. As a, you know, how many minutes a night does he play? Um, 15 18, minutes a 17. night, uh, you know, as LeBron's second unit sidekick. I agree, but why would you? Here's the thing. Right. If you're Darren Williams, you're not going anywhere to start anymore. Not unless somebody's going to massively overpay you. That's going to be the thing. Is he going to want to go for been, a paycheck? You've been a, but he's been a max player already. It's yeah. not like he hasn't made money. It's going to be a true. Like, it's going to be I'm a true saying, measure of the LeBron effect yeah, is what it's going to come course. down to. How much do these players want to play with LeBron? And it'll be a real – it'll be telling whether they win or lose. Yeah. Right. You know what – if guys are hungry, if they if they lose and want to and want a shot, they, they got the taste of it like Kevin Love did. I mean that changed the Kevin Love – narrative if you you know and the things that i've read and and uh you know and and gone back and looked at was that he had to sit out those finals but he got to sit on the sidelines and just the just the way that that the energy of those games made him hungrier than ever to come back and rededicate himself to you know sign the deal be a cab and and get back there again the truth is if you're in the east until further notice, it's going through whatever team LeBron James is on. Yeah. So why wouldn't you want to stay on that team, even if you had to make a little bit less than maybe – look, Darren Williams could go off somewhere and probably make $10 million a year as a backup somewhere like Milwaukee or New York or something like that. But 
what maybe get bounced in the first round of the playoffs or yeah, not I mean, make that's the, the decision he's going to have to make is yeah. the 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 money or the chance at a trophy. I could see Derek Williams making that decision to say, "Hey, I was a piece of this. I'm gonna I'm gonna Mozgov my way to <laughs> a nice deal somewhere I love that else." Mozgov is a verb. <laughs> well, it's. Because only because because uh, Jim Buss made it one, yeah, and you know, and go and get paid and have a nice life. And hey, I was on a championship team, or I was on a team that went to the finals. I got there. That that he's young. He's young enough where he can do that and still come back in three or four years after that deals up and oh, say, yeah. hey, remember me? I want to come back and play in LeBron's retirement tour. And, um, and I hope he finds a team that he fits on. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see if certain guys on the Cavs got moved, like, say, Amon Shumpert, which, you know, maybe the Cavs do that to clear some room to sign some other guy or, you know, Kyle Korver or save some money. I wouldn't be surprised to see Derek Williams back. Um, but there's just there's going to be a lot of questions about what's going to happen. And what happens over the next two weeks is going to go along. You know, it, it's all sure. who's going to win everything. I mean. I could see if the Cavs don't win, uh, I could see Kyle Korver going to the Warriors. I mean, it's that kind of situation. I don't want to, you know, jinx that, but now that being said, uh, you, you've heard my pick, right, EG? No. Oh, what, what's your pick? Cavs in five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. So my, my, uh, Bold. Bold. my thought is that the Cavs, well, for one thing, and this is my little my little rant, but I feel like the Cavs have, and I this came out a little bit when I was uh, talking with Mike and Sam two weeks ago, and it all got dumped. But I feel like the Cavs have turned the NBA on its head and used analytics against their opponents, and basically by sandbagging the whole regular season and making all the analytics numbers worthless, and that's why we're seeing these stupid, stupid predictions that have the Celtics as a 50 plus percent chance to win a, gosh, yeah. you know game one or to win a series which is just the dumbest thing I've ever heard of and yeah. I I feel like the Cavs have totally gamed the NBA this year and oh, yeah well LeBron seems like it'd be on a mission to to show how little the regular season matters oh and they they have gone on that mission and the, like they could rest him, they could rest him until Christmas next year, right. and then just you know, and then just say, okay, we're gonna start playing and and still win fifty games and get the two or three seed and and sweep through the East. Yeah, yeah, they totally could, and and maybe you'll see LeBron start doing that. Now the other side of that is LeBron is who he is because he is a peak athlete in peak physical form, and he does that because he plays so much in a way, and and. I, I don't want to say it, but I'm I'm starting to come around a little bit to a certain Cavalier commenter's point of view when it comes to minutes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna quote that person, um, <laughs> in reacting to the low post uh, today, uh, a certain Cavs commenter said the following, um. Of of the Zach Lowe preview article, the Warriors have conserved their stars so that they can unleash, unleash them in extended minutes. Does this make any sense at all? 
if they aren't used to playing heavy minutes, what makes it likely they can now be unleashed to do that? <laughs> True. And, the, and then the line Good is, point. I don't see how extra rest in November or February ma- magically gives someone more energy in a game in June. It's like saying, I'm tired today because I drank 100 beers on New Year's Eve. I'm tired because I drank 100 beers la- or 10 beers last night. <laughs> so that was funny. It's anyway, a good point. I, I it's feel a, sal- like it's a salient point. Are conditioned. I feel like they are in peak. Con- they have been tapering. If you ever are in a like track or swimming or anything like that, you go on a taper where you you get yourself in peak form for that for that final race, and and that's kind of what I where I feel like the Cavs are right now. So that well, was my rant. <laughs> I like that rant. I will say because I didn't make a prediction, and in fact, I didn't even read the five on five until today, and I was like I said, I was mildly surprised that everyone went went cabs and maybe that's just part of our our because we're a cabs a blog site and that's that's who we are and I'm not saying i wouldn't pick the cabs either I, I don't know if i'd say five i still think it's going to be seven and i think it'll be a pretty i think it'll be pretty epic i do think it'll be a, a similar to last year there will there won't be a lot of close games until the very end um my and i would say this this will come down to who makes more threes, uh, Kevin Love or Tri- or uh, Clay Thompson? Interesting. Whoever makes more threes of those two guys in this series, that'll be who wins. Who wins the series? Interesting. Uh, so Sam, you you had a pick. The, your pick was Cavs and six, right? Cavs and seven. Cavs and seven. Okay, yeah, that's right. That's right. I can get on board with that. Cavs <laughs> and seven. I can get. On. So I wanted to play a little game. Um, and this is kind of Tom's, uh, I think he called it potent potables, but I know that's not right, but I'm yeah. going to go through some of the stats and no cheating guys, but these are all playoff right. stats and I'm going to say who leads in what category and you have to pick the player. Right. Um, hey, so, bring it on. Uh, one second. I gotta, I gotta get to the right spot. So playoff steals total per game. Who who's winning right now in the this, playoffs between these just, just these two teams? Okay. Go ahead, Sam. Oh jeez. Um I'm going to say Gosh, I feel like the easy answer is green. I'll go with green right now. Okay, EG. Um, I'll say LeBron. Uh, EG would be right. LeBron at 2.2 steals a game. Um, Draymond is at 1.9. Um, so but close. there is a category Draymond is leading defensively in the playoffs. And I'm sure you guys can guess what it is. Blocks. Blocks. Yeah. Yes. Over two blocks a game, which, which is pretty, pretty phenomenal. For a guy who's 6'6", that's pretty good. Even yeah, though I don't like Exactly. So, which player on these two teams is leading in true shooting percentage? Um, if it wasn't for free throws, I'd say LeBron. So I'll go. Uh, I'll go Kevin Durant right now. 
Um, I'll say Kyrie. It's a trick question. It's JaVale McGee. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 74%. Um, oh, no, wait. That's I'm sorry. The True shooting. True shooting. 75% true shooting. Oh, oh my God. Um, Just because he stands under the hoop and dumps right. it? But. Flat, flat-footed? But number two will surprise you. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I Channing? was wrong. I was wrong. The true shooting leader is not JaVale McGee at 75%. It is, you will never get this, Derek Williams at 78% true shooting. <laughs> because all he dunks is, all he does is dunk and hit that one open three per game. Yep. <laughs> and only like three times. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but the Cavs have a ton of guys shooting the lights out in the postseason. Yeah. They've got Channing Fry, 74 true shooting percent. Um, the only guy, they have three guys not over 60% in their rotation or uh, on the whole team. And that's, uh, Kyrie at 58, Richard Jefferson at 53, and then, uh, Dante at 47. And of course, James Jones at 500. Whereas, <laughs> uh, Golden State has Clay Thompson shooting 49% true shooting. Which is an abysmally known low number for him. Jaja mm-hmm. at fifty eight, and then Matt Barnes at twenty five. I forgot about Matt Barnes. Is he yeah. healthy? He he is healthy. He's playing so, some. Yeah. yeah, they they say he'll probably come in and do some cheap fouls on LeBron. Imagine sure. that. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. So the next number I wanted to throw out, which is just amazing to me. Um, per 100 possessions, or, yeah, we'll do per 100 possessions. Who is the rebound leader in this playoffs? Between these two teams, obviously. Kevin Love? Sam? Jeez. I feel like it's going to be someone off the bench. <laughs> um, oh, jeez. I'll go with, uh... I'll go with David West. Curveball. Um, um, no, no, no. Uh, EG was right. <laughs> Kevin Love with a whopping 16 rebounds per 100 possessions. Dang. Wow. Uh, he That's is amazing. rebounding his butt off right now. Um, his, his rebound rate, let me, uh, let me get his total rebound rate here, is almost 20, uh, 19.5, which is a huge number. And he just leads uh, JaVale McGee there with that number now granted that was against two really not good rebound rebounding teams in the raptors and the celtics the the pacers the pacers are a decent rebounding team but i mean look the 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 bigs on the raptors outside of jonas are 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 uh are pretty much more they're pretty soft, and then we we all know how bad. I mean, Boston's the worst re- rebounding team in the league. Yeah, but there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of fighting for rebounds. That, well, that... also they were they were really focusing, and at least the Celtics were on. They were keying on Tristan for the majority of that series too to try to keep him off the glass right. after the right. first two games. So, yeah. So I mean, look, Kev, I'm not I'm not dismissing it. But Kevin definitely stepped up, but. Uh, but there's reasons why he's he's at that absurd level. <laughs> okay, so the next one, um, 
leading both teams, aside from guys at the very end of the bench, in defensive rating. Um, who, who's leading both teams in defensive rating? Well, it's, I'm pretty sure it's green for Golden State, and I'm going to say it's, it's LeBron for the Cavs as well. Um, I'm I'm just gonna give it to him because he got it. That was oh pretty, yeah, that was oh, pretty good. Yeah, go. um, LeBron's got a 104 defensive rating, uh, just edging out Kevin Love at 105, and then Draymond is at 96 with an offensive rating of 128 for a split of 32 points, which wow. is per 100 possessions, which is pretty pretty crazy. Um, who is leading? Both teams. Who who's the top for both in offensive rating? I'd say probably Durant for the Warriors and probably LeBron. Sam, uh, I'll go with uh, I'll say Curry for the Warriors and. I mean, you got to go with LeBron. <laughs> um, you guys are way off. You'll never get these two. So for the Cavs, with a one, hold on, with a one forty-eight offensive oh, rating. Is it Darren Williams? Channing Fry. Channing Fry. Wow. Yeah. With and then one, Javale for the Warriors. And then Javale for the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Jeez. The two I mean, centers obviously that, in, that won't in play. Minutes. Yeah, the two centers. Well, these well, are, <laughs> just goes to show you how important advanced stats are, right? <laughs> well, I could see. I think both of them will play some in limited roles. Yeah. I mean, when the Cavs are overloading on the outside, you put in JaVale and the sa- the opposite for, you know, the Warriors. When the Warriors are overloading on the inside, you put in uh, Channing Frye. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the problem with Channing is he can't switch at all. No, and that's why I think Channing is a good guy when you've got uh, to those bench lineups, when you've got JaVale and when you've got uh, um, Zsa Zsa. Uh, Zsa is a good matchup for Channing. So uh, what else we got? Uh, Who is, out of the main guys, the lowest in offensive rating. And I'm not including James Jones as 47. <laughs> well, Clay Thompson probably for the... Yeah, for 95. The, yeah. 95 for Clay Thompson. So uh, definitely um, a, a drop from Clay Thompson, but he hasn't always been great in the playoffs. Uh, Clay Thompson had a good playoffs last year, but in previous seasons... He hasn't been the greatest. Um, 13... Well, he was bad. He was bad yeah. in, ga- in the first couple of games last year in the finals. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, his only good game was the game they lost. Yeah, he's never had a true shooting over 60 in the playoffs. Um, last year he was 59. year before that, 55, then 53. So he is not – his shooting has definitely dropped in the playoffs compared to some of the – you know, he wasn't he the guy that had the – 37 point uh, quarter. Oh, yeah. He had a 60 point mm-hmm. game this year. Yeah. So he's definitely a regular season, you know, better in the regular season where the Cavs are kind of the opposite. Um, yeah. 
Well, that's what I was saying. Like, he had his 37-point quarter, and Kevin Love had his 34-point quarter. So, you know, it's really going to be, to me, about which of those guys can hit more threes. Yeah, totally. Um, um, of- for the Cavs, for the Cavs, I would I would have said um, Jr. So the Cavs. Oh, I was going to go with the mom. Uh, the worst offensive rating is Richard Jefferson at one ten. You said and, main guys though. Well, I know. I'm just that he's the only. And then the next lowest. This is crazy. Is Kyrie at one eighteen? Really. And that's he had just some rough games at the beginning of this. He did, playoffs. he did. Um, yeah, we we forget that. But still, one eighteen is nothing to sneeze. <laughs> no, no, that's yeah. the lowest. Oh yeah, that's the insane that's thing about insane. this Cavs team. That's I insane. Mean, what was Jefferson's? Um, twenty three or something like that. You said. Yes. Uh oh, what was Jefferson's? It was one ten, which still isn't terrible. I mean, yeah. So here's a, lot of guys, a, a lot of guys would kill for 110. So here's a crazy stat. Who of the players that shoot three-pointers on the Cavs, so, you know, not Tristan Thompson, um, and, and I'm... Wouldn't it be great, though, if Tristan, like, developed a three-point <laughs> game next, like, in the offseason? That was, like, <laughs> you know just kept funny. quiet, and they just kept it, like, oh, yeah, it's Tristan, and then all of a sudden he just... And he didn't shoot it at all during the year, just kept it the same, and then... Just I've, I've been working with Kyle Corver. Yeah, yeah. Would that be great? Yeah, by the way, if, awesome. if Draymond Green can shoot threes, I don't see why Tristan can't. I I don't know, but I have seen Tristan hit some big jumpers this year. Like Tristan's yeah. had like five or six at the end of shot clock jumpers that oh, you're yeah. like, oh no, oh, and it switches. Yeah, I think so. he's. I'm, I'm pretty sure his career percentage on buzzer beater jumpers is like 68 percent or something <laughs> like that. Ridiculous. He is mentally focused. So this is my crazy stat. Who is the lowest three-point shooter uh, of the Cavs' top ten guy or top eleven guys, not including Tristan Thompson? Obviously, pretty sure it's lowest, Kyrie. The lowest what? A uh, three-point shooter. Three point uh, in shooter. the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I think it's got to be Corver, right? Corver's missed a lot. So you're doing Corver and you're doing Kyrie, Sam. Mm-hmm. It is Kyrie, thirty six percent. Yeah, but the, the, the first series like... thing is the Cavs have ten guys out of their top eleven. I'm sorry, nine guys out of their top eleven shooting over forty percent from three in the playoffs. <laughs> um, and Kyrie is below that number, and then Tristan Thompson is a zero point zero. But I mean, that Kyrie just shot fifty percent from the three point line. Or in the box. is or is Tristan a thousand? Because he's because he hasn't no he's zero <laughs> he hasn't neither well I guess it would be <laughs> either infinity. taken one <laughs> yeah neither taken it, one nor missed one I guess uh, computational error <laughs> yeah so um pick the guy that is the lowest on the Warriors well again Iguodala I go with Clay although Steph had some really bad three point shooting games I'd still stay with Clay though probably. Sam is on his game tonight. Iguodala, one eleven. I'm on a roll. Nice. So he his three point shot has has abandoned him. Uh, in in a per one hundred possessions, um, he's hitting point five per one hundred possessions, and that's out of four point six shots. 
It's only because he's not playing the Cavs and they're not daring him to take open threes. <laughs> oh my that'll, God. Change, that'll, change, that'll change instantly. You better knock on some wood right now. Yeah. No, no, it's going to happen. I'm not knocking on wood because I know it's going to happen. It's the way it's, it always happens. That's just what happened. That's why he was the MVP in uh, 2015 because yeah, he just so hit open threes. Yep. And then the, because they had nobody left to guard him. The <laughs> guy who has taken Sean Livingston's minutes. Patrick McCaw is um, shooting 39%, and then we've got um, Clay Thompson at 36%. So the Cavs have more shooters, and I think that's part of why you've seen Sean Livingston not play as much. So McCaw could be a factor, could be an X factor for them. Uh, and then, hey, that's fine. I'd rather have McCaw in there than than Livingston hitting those automatic no <laughs> mid rangers over no top oh the top of of shorter defenders. Well, Livingston is shooting sixty one percent from the field and a zero zero point zero from three. So he yeah. he is he is pretty awesome. Outside should still of, be a, he should still be a Cav. Yeah, I was going to say outside of Kyrie and Tristan, he is the one Cav from the pre second LeBron era that I wish that we'd been able to. Uh, figure out a way to keep a hold of. Yeah. Yeah. So here's an interesting one. Who, uh, so we know who probably, you probably both can guess who is leading the, uh, the Warriors in assists per hundred possessions. Draymond. Yes. But the interesting one is who is number two? Probably Durant. Sam. I would have said Curry before you said it was interesting. So, yeah, I'd say Durant would be number two then. David West, 9.2 assists per 100 possessions. When you can just kick it to open shooters, it is really easy to get assists in the NBA. I guess so. So, yeah, and he has a 127 offensive rating, which is third on the team, which which is pretty phenomenal. So uh, I I feel like we we've, we've beaten these numbers to death, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go a couple more. <laughs> who <laughs> who leads uh, both teams? So I want the top two for each team in turnover rate. Yeah. Oh, in turnover rate. Turnover rate. Who's turning the ball over? Well, uh, LeBron definitely's. LeBron and Kyrie for the Cavs, yeah. The only they're the only guys handling the ball outside of, uh, what's his name, um, Darren Williams. Okay, okay, you got that. And then Golden State, Steph's got to be turning the ball over a lot. Curry, and I'm gonna go Clay Thompson. I'm gonna say Durant and Curry. It is Durant and Curry. Nice, four and a half and three point nine. For Curry and Durant. So turnovers are a place where the Cavs can make some hay, hopefully. So Yes. Yeah. So um who is the last one? Okay. Uh, who's the better free throw shooter? LeBron or Draymond? <laughs> Jeez. If you would have said the pre uh the 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 conference finals, I would have said LeBron, but I would imagine it's probably Draymond now. Sam? Uh, I'll go with LeBron. It, it is LeBron. So last one, All right. last one. Out of the rotation, guys, who's the worst free throw shooter for both teams? 
uh, Tristan and JaVale. Uh, I'm going to say JR and um, I feel like you're cheating now. I feel like you're just looking these up. No, no, I'm not. I swear to God, I'm not. It's, I'm going to say, because I know Tristan had a lot of shots. I'm going to say JR and I'm going to say hmm, probably David West. Uh, it is JR, very nice, shooting 500. Ow. And then David West is a very good free throw shooter, shooting 86. Yeah. Uh, so okay. d- don't dare him. But um, yeah. strangely, Sean Livingston, which is funny because that's his spot. Oh. I was going to say. <laughs> he that's... can only hit him when he's jumping, though, not, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> maybe he should. When he's jumping, yeah, maybe he should. So. That was just a little. Is there a rule where can you are you allowed to jump and shoot? You cannot. Yes, you can, but you can't land over the free throw line when you come down. Yeah, right. But you could do fadeaways. Yeah. In fact, didn't Mark Price used to jump? I thought Mark Price had a little jump to his uh, free throw stroke. I feel like Kyrie kind of like jumps a little at the end. Like it's usually on his toes and like kind of hops forward a little. Yeah. Kyrie, who. How good was Kyrie the end of that last series? Oh, Oh, it was sensational. He's going to have to be that good. Yeah. Sam, did you read um, uh, Ben's piece today? I did. It was incredible. It was was a really good good piece. And one of the things he talked about was how uh, Kyrie kind of owns Steph Curry and how he's kind of outplayed him on a pretty regular basis. And part of that is because... Steph is so slight, whereas Kyrie is is a little more ripped and a little more uh, yeah. got a little more meat on his bones. So yeah, I, I think if you're going on a head to head basis, I don't even think it's a kind of like I think it's an absolute. Kyrie has outplayed Steph Curry in their matchup since since LeBron's come back to Cleveland. Yeah, and I remember I remember one of the big stories after after Kyrie broke his kneecap was. He dedicated himself to getting stronger to be able to take that contact, and uh, he's really been outside of that knee injury. He's been pretty durable since LeBron's come back. For as much injury problems as yeah. he had, now LeBron. you better touch. You better touch Woods. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. I got oh, you. Oh my lord! <laughs> yeah, especially after I, yeah. The, the tendonitis in the last round, or the or the ankle. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Oh, how great I was, it was that game? I, that, I thought it was over. Like when he went down like that and stayed on the floor, it was like, oh well. No, I knew we were good. <laughs> I saw it happen. He he, I've rolled my ankle enough times to know that that yeah. that was nothing. Now my favorite my favorite part of that was the commentators were like, oh, he's stealing LeBron's trick by tying up his shoelaces tighter. And I was yeah. sitting there, I was like, every basketball player ever does that whenever they sprain their ankle, <laughs> right? And <laughs> and isn't it like, uh, aren't, aren't these all basketball guys too? <laughs> yeah, seriously, LeBron did not come up with that. <laughs> well, although I mean, it might have been C. Webb and Reggie Miller, and they probably never had to tie their own shoes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm serious. <laughs> C. Webb never had ties on his shoes. He just had the Velcro kind. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm and kidding. That, I, and that is my all-time least favorite. Uh, announcing pairing is C Webb and Reggie Miller. Oh, because <laughs> oh, no. I don't like for them me it's, their... it's Hubie Brown and anyone. Oh, Hubie's <laughs> the worst. Hubie is the absolute worst. <laughs> Literally, if it was if it was Hubie Brown and Bob Costas, I'd still hate it. <laughs> it was Hubie Brown 
and Howard Cosell in his prime <laughs> in the seventies, I would hate it. It was Hubie Brown, Hubie Brown, and, Brown and Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, it was, speaking... it was Hubie Brown and the and Mahatma Gandhi. I would still hate. It. <laughs> yeah, speaking of my youth, like coming from a guy who has, like, I was never around during the Hubie Brown coaching era, and have no idea, like, who was? what his resume or anything is. Oh, that's yeah, who was? Listening to him is painful. It's painful to listen to him. The only thing that could be worse than him by himself is him and Mark Jackson. See, I I have to say that is how bad the Marv, Reggie, and C-Web lineup has been. Because Marv is at the point where he gets names wrong more than Hubie. Like, he gets the team name wrong <laughs> no every way. other time. No yes, I, I'm telling you, the last two games I listened to him, it was like every other player, it was the wrong player he was saying. And then, well, and I course, think your hatred of Reggie though goes back to when he called Delhi dirty. No, my hatred of Reggie goes back to 2009 when he spent the entire season talking about how why would this guy want to play in Cleveland? He wants to go to the bright lights of L.A. Except he didn't sound like Bill Walton when he said it. So, <laughs> no, that that's that's where my hate for Reggie comes from. <laughs> So I've, no. I've, I'm a long time Reggie hater. Anyway. Yeah, I'm trying to. Think I, I get that. I get that. I, outside of Van Gundy, there isn't. I can't really think of a commentator oh. that I. I love. Uh, what's his name? Uh, who's the guy who always says the West Coast games? Kevin Harlan. I love Kevin, Kevin Harlan's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I don't mind Breen. I would listen to. Yeah, Breen's pretty good, but I would listen to Kevin Harlan read the phone book. I yeah. I like uh, I like. Um, Oh, what's what's her name? You, the girl you Doris got a Burke. crush on? Doris Burke is Doris great. Burke. In, Not me. Yeah. Tom's got Tom's got a crush. On oh, Doris I thought Burke. it was you. I'm sorry. No, I would no. love a, a Doris Burke. Jeff I, won't, Van I won't tell Mrs. Evil. I promise. No, I, I don't care. I <laughs> or mean, rather, Mrs. Uh, Tom, Tom is Tom is well versed in his love of Doris Burke. Okay, I'm sorry. I got the I got you two confused. That's all right. That's all right. She's great though. I I agree. I think Doris Doris Burke. If there was a, it was a, if there was a team of of, I would say, uh, Kevin Harlan, Doris Burke, and and with a little bit of Van Gundy doing color, I'd be okay with that. The like problem, they could do all the games. The problem with Van Gundy is he needs someone to reel him in, and that guy is not Mark Jackson. No, no. Mark Jackson, if anything, Mark Jackson does the opposite. He just fans the flames. Yeah, and they just they go off on these tangents that have no. I mean. You you you'll be watching a, a game that hasn't gotten a lead farther than five points, and they haven't talked about the game for fifteen minutes. Although, if if, if the next game that Van Gundy commentates where he doesn't mention how he hates the the rule about guys faking faking and flailing, will be the first. <laughs> well, in but all there's fairness, so many rules he hates. He's so spot on. Uh, that's that's the thing I like about him so much is every time he brings up a rule he disagrees with. Like, it's spot on, yeah. I yeah, I have yet to disagree with him on one of them. I know, but we get it already. Yeah, like, you, you don't fair. need to bring it up like three times a game. Every time it happens, it comes up. And then Mark Jackson, if if it happens and he doesn't say something, Mark Jackson says, "Well, don't you hate that, Van? You know, Jeff?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he goes off for five minutes, and it's like, "Well, what happened in the game? Well, we don't know because Marv forgot everybody who's playing." <laughs> right, and then Mark Jackson goes, "Mama, there goes that man about Jeff Van Gundy." Oh, so. God. <laughs> I really hope Mark Jackson gets a coaching job soon. Well, that was when my hate of Mark Jackson began. Was the Mama, I there think goes that the, man? No, the first, 
or LeBron's first year back when there was all those rumors about oh. David Blatt getting fired that year, and Mark Jackson was a hot name for for the replacement job. And Mostly could, floated by Mark Jackson. Yeah, and whenever he would commentate Cavs games, he would just suck up to LeBron <laughs> so incredibly bad and slander every decision that David Blatt made. Why is he doing The entire this, game. It was terrible. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and I can just hear someone's head exploding as they listen to the podcast right now, and we talk about uh, <laughs> David, David Blatt, who... Who still, I contend, got a raw deal from the Cavs, but yeah, I wouldn't trade last season for anything. So I'm not nope. not, not walking that back. Speaking of raw deals and last season and all these things, uh, what is going on with David Griffin? EG, yeah, I don't know. Any idea? Um, well, one thing I would say is that the Cavs haven't given anyone permission to talk to him. Like they, the most recent. I heard on the radio today the most, most recent team to ask was Milwaukee, yeah. and the Cavs said they wouldn't give permission until after the the postseason was over. Um, and I think that's the only one left, right? Because didn't Orlando fill the Orlando filled theirs? I think didn't um, they hired Milwaukee's guy. I think they did, yeah. yeah. But then Atlanta filled theirs. I think Atlanta's Milwaukee was made the Warriors guy, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So I think that might be the only one left. Um, I don't know. Something I, shakes out in the off season, unless which it probably which which it very well could. And I could see. Look, Milwaukee is a kind of team that I could see Griff going to because it's a cool challenge for him to say, "Hey, how can I build a team out of these guys that will rival the Cavs?" Because that's arguably the team with the most young uh, ability and talent. If they if they were able to put it together, um, just because. Jabari Parker can't stay healthy, but onto the combo to me. And we, we've talked about this before. He seems like the guy in the East who is the heir apparent to LeBron, Absolutely. just given the skill set. If he continues to improve his outside shot, well, what um, worries me is. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, but I, I think I think Gilbert's got a plan. I think I actually think this might be Griffin's choice to not have a contract going it I think Griffin to some degree is taking a page from taking a page from his players and looking at and saying, hey, you know what? Tristan held out. Tristan held out. JR held out. These you know, these guys all held out and they got what they wanted and they got the 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 now, length of time they wanted. Turn. Now it's my turn. Yeah. I th- I just I I think there this is right now is the time where everyone's looking and saying how can I it's my turn I want to get some more of Uncle Dan's money and Griffin deserves it he's done a great job and I Nate yeah, I know I, you I, have you I, have I, you have flaws and some of some of his plan but overall he's no, he's I, done a pretty good job and and he's just, definitely been a voice of consistency and reason. And you don't hear a lot of back-channel rumors and a lot of talk about what's going on inside the Cavs organization that doesn't match what comes out of his mouth the way that you yep. did when Chris Grant was around. And exactly. I think uh, Dan Gilbert appreciates that very much. And I, I think he'll be back uh, and probably be the well, highest-paid GM in the league. And people the don't talk about—oh, sorry, go ahead. 
The only thing I get that I could potentially see being the case is Dan Gilbert using him as a very convenient scapegoat if this if the finals do not go well. Because he could very easily say, we have the highest payroll in the league, and we just got, like, a, a you know, worst-case scenario, they get beaten in five or four or five or something like that. We have the highest payroll in the league, and we just got our butts kicked in the finals. That's not acceptable. Um, so I could see Dan Gilbert potentially doing that. And that would be my the only thing I'd be wary about with him not signing a contract yet. The other thing is that whole weird ownership thing where a couple of Dan Gilbert's uh, partners kind of dropped out of the public eye, uh, the whole Nate Forbes thing, and the kind of the reshuffle of the ownership group. And it be, and I've heard that Griff has been a little torn on some of that and it's kind of been caught in the middle a little bit. And so maybe, and, See, I thought I would have gone. I would have gone the other way and said those moves were made because Griff wants more, wants more uh, control, and maybe an ownership stake, and maybe an ownership stake. Yeah, uh, maybe that because is it. because yeah. the truth is, like again, I mean, these are guys that that I think you know were were guys that had a certain amount of say in in what they were going to do. I don't know. I mean, look, I, I I look at it as I could very I could very easily see a, a, a scenario where Griff, if they don't come to a, an agreement, Griff just walks away from the game for a year. I I could see that as well, and just decides, you know what, that's fine. You guys do your thing. I'm gonna go. I mean, the guy's had what he's had. He's dealt with cancer twice. Oh, I didn't know that. He's, yeah. Oh, the the. the uh, I sorry. They, I finished listening to the the Windhorse McMenamin book, and they talk about. Um, yeah, he had a. It's not not widely publicized because he's a very private guy. But um, but they talk about how, yeah, he was diagnosed, and then, and then I think he had a recurrence, and then you know beat that. So this guy, he's he's a guy that. I think he cares about the team. He cares about these guys. He cares about the organization. And I think either Dan's going to step up and make him the highest paid GM or he'll just walk away and be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, he certainly uh, has put together a good team. He's put together the greatest shooting team I've ever seen. Yeah. I've never seen a better three-point shooting team than this team. Yeah. I mean, they... And I don't... I don't really know what else he could have done to make the team better. Granted, maybe maybe he should have, you know, not signed the the Shumper deal and signed the Delhi deal. But they made that trade. They made that trade for Shumper when they originally got him. So I don't see how you could really yeah. give up on the guy. Um, I think anybody would have given the two draft picks for for Mozgov, even though that that didn't really work it, out. It eventually. did work out. They won a championship. It did, but not, but I, I question none of it. <laughs> no, but you questioned the keeping McRae on the team, well, you know, yeah. versus that, and then not signing a big man sooner. But the truth is, how many big men did they sign? And either they got they just got a litany of injuries, or yeah. they just weren't ready to play like like Larry Sanders. It's not like yeah. they ha- not like they didn't try. I mean, if Andrew Bogut doesn't get hurt on a freak injury, 
I think the na- even the national narrative is a little bit different going into this series because all of a sudden you've got a, a rim protector and a, a guy who might want to give a little something back to the team that ditched him yeah. uh, in Bogut. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Bogut on the Cavs next year because everything I've heard has been injury. Um, he's probably going to have to take a veteran minimum and – what team is more set up to pay guys the veteran minimum than the Cavs? So, yeah. Well, you could go back that, to both states too, though. Yeah, that is also true. Especially if Zaza moves on, <laughs> uh, goes to another patchouli oil patch somewhere. Uh, <laughs> that guy yeah. is he your least favorite NBA player? No, Draymond Green is. <laughs> okay, so Sam, who's your least favorite Warrior? Ah, uh, Curry. I think no my, doubt Curry. I think my... Oh, that's tough. Yeah, because I'm not a Curry fan. Um, I, I'm going to go with Clay though. I just think he's the... Curry at least can back it up. Clay has... Always seems more entitled than what he actually brings in the playoffs. There are easily five of my least favorite NBA players <laughs> in the Warriors. I, I yeah. can't stand Iguodala... Can't stand Pachulia. I can't stand Matt yeah. Barnes. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh Matt. Barnes I don't know how they've the been worst. America's team these last few years. I they're they're only America's team if you listen to people from the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. The team's obnoxious. Well, and the yeah. funny thing about them is, and their owner is obnoxious. Oh, oh Joe Lacob is Joe Lacob is, is a is a is a terrible human being. Is insufferable. <laughs> yes. Yes, and and not only oh, no, that. Go, go jinxed... Google Joe Lacob. Go Google Joe oh, Lacob yeah. and see what's up. Well, and jinxed his team last year uh, yeah. when he talked about how great they were, and I think it was ESPN the magazine, and then they didn't win the title. Light years ahead. He's light years ahead of any other NBA owner. Jeez. <laughs> Someone years. should etch that into his gravestone someday. <laughs> yeah, hopefully sometime soon. Ouch. <laughs> Wham with the right hand. <laughs> Hot take, hot take. Okay, speaking of hot takes, speaking of hot takes, I wanted, I've been wanting to talk about this. So I heard this crazy thing on the radio today that they played a few times, where and this was like media day or whatever with you know with with some of the players and they had a podcast on. I didn't hear the podcast, but I heard like snippets of it, and it was like a big like it was like a Windhorst and Haberstrow and McMenamin and a few other guys. And apparently they, they talked about LeBron's longevity and McMenamin sounding like he had inside information almost chimed in and said, Oh, I, I think LeBron's only going to play two or three more years. Now, most of the other guys, and then Winhorse refuted it and was like, you know, that's crazy. LeBron's going to, going to, you, you, you have to be guaranteed LeBron's going to soak Dan Gilbert for the, the 200 plus million max that, he helped change the rules so he could get in three years. Um, and he may still want to, you know, hold out hope to play with his son someday before it's all over. Uh, and and to, to set all the records, to pass, if he wants a, a shot at passing Kareem, all this other stuff. But it was weird. Like, McMenamin sounded, and he backed off the two years thing, but he definitely felt like LeBron could very easily hang it up in three to four years, which... You know, on the on some level, he'll, he'll be thirty, what thirty six, 
Um, so maybe, but you know, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Uh, go go ahead, Sam. Honestly, it's not not something I'd ever. I don't know. I just can't see him stopping until he's. I don't know. I mean, at this rate, you figure he could go till his, he's forty. I I don't think he'll be done before he's definitely not a top twenty twenty five player in the league. And at this, uh, like I said, at this rate, it just doesn't seem like something that's going to happen for another five years at the very least. Wouldn't you say? Um. Well, given the logic that EG just gave, it's going to be for six more years because. After next season, he can sign a five-year deal. Um, I mean, he certainly right. doesn't have to play it all out, but um, it, it, it's it's interesting. Um, the one uh, thing that I kind of take away was uh, there was a big uh, feature on LeBron in ESPN the magazine uh, earlier this year, and. I'm trying to remember who wrote it. Of course, I, I can't remember off the top of my head because I'm terrible with names. But um, one of the things it's that... It's probably uh, Lee Jenkins, right? No. Um, Doesn't he write all the LeBron? The LeBron no, that's uh, SI. Oh, yeah, SI. This was Sorry, ESPN the magazine. Oh, ESPN magazine. Okay. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> the, one of the things was that LeBron has so many other interests and wants to do all these other things, um, you know... He's got all his charities. He's got. Uh, he wants to do the acting thing. He's got um, a production company out here in in yeah. L.A. that Maverick runs, and he's got TV shows and movies that he's developing. Yeah, and he wants to do real acting. Is one of the things that was in it. He really wants to play a DC superhero. Is what what it said. Um, and he wants to be a positive image for you know you inner city youth. Um, and the basketball thing takes its toll for him because for him to play it at its highest level, it is a serious commitment of time and energy and, um, you know, will to do that every year. And the question, and he sounded tired in the article, like that he didn't want to do it forever. So maybe that's, uh, where that comes from. Well, the last great, the last great, athlete at his level to come out of Cleveland was Jim Brown. And he played what nine, nine or 10 seasons retired it at age 32 and left and went to Hollywood to become an actor starred in the dirty dozen and a bunch of other stuff. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could, you know, he could go out on top. Although if he was going to go out on top, you would have think he would have, would have retired literally at, at, with Richard Jefferson on the stand last year and been like, okay, I won one for Cleveland. I'm done. <laughs> but uh, who knows? I, I don't know. I, I think you could make a compelling argument for either case. I, it wouldn't surprise me if that happened. Um, I do think he'll be around for as long as the, you know, as the, the core groups deals go so that's another three years right mm-hmm. so at least another three years and then again that's a lot of money to, to leave on the table a lot of dan gilbert's money to leave on the table um if he can sign one last five-year 250 million dollar deal or whatever it'll be at that point yeah 
Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. But if anybody can walk away from that, it's, it's LeBron James. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I I think the guy could probably do anything he wants when he retires. So I mean, I could literally see him running for president someday. <laughs> sure. Sure. I mean, why not? Well, it, he's he, very interested in politics too. I mean, yeah, he, given our current political climate, maybe anyone can run for president. I don't know if they have enough money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, but, look at look at Ronald Reagan. He played football. Right. He was an actor, and then he became president. So uh, who knows? yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, uh, look look at Bill Clinton. <laughs> I, I don't sure. even know what that means. I don't um, either. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be non-political uh, po- there somehow. Right. Um, yeah. No. I think I think it's a really interesting point. Um, so yeah, enjoy it while you can, because we don't know when this greatness will end. I mean, yeah. you could walk away on top the way John Elway did, um, uh, the way Michael Jordan did. I mean, Michael Jordan was an NBA champion when he retired. Yeah. And it's but then he came back. But then he came back. Yeah, but it wasn't. Those last, they played that last year for the Wizards. Yeah, but I mean, I, but that was like two years later, wasn't it? Yeah, but still, it just kind of it was like, why do it, dude? Yeah, I think because <laughs> he got bored. And you know what? He still averaged nineteen points a game. Yeah, but he was I mean, he was still a really good player at what thirty eight. I think the only team LeBron would do that for would be probably the Lakers because it'd be nearby where he spends most of his time at that point. Well, the only thing, so I think he might, he would come out of retirement to play with his kid. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know what's going to happen there. But yeah, maybe if they win the finals this year, he goes into like a cryo freeze chamber for the next five years <laughs> till till his kid's ready to play, and then comes out. <laughs> they, they freeze him like Doctor Evil, huh? <laughs> Just so, just so he and his he and his kid can can beat down the Ball brothers. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't that be great? <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't think Lavar Ball is going to be any good, or Lonzo. Sorry, Lonzo. We know Lavar Ball wasn't. Yeah. We know Lavar Ball wasn't any good. So yeah, I don't think anybody. I mean, when you shoot like Joachim Noah and you want to be a point guard, it's 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 usually not a good combination. Jason Kidd did it. I think he'll be. I think he'll be fine. I don't think he's going to be any. He's not going to set the world on fire. But I actually think if I'm the Lakers, I, I worry about taking him. But well, I heard you know. the, the rumor I heard today was unless he blows the Lakers away in his workout, they're passing on him. So really, yeah. Well, he said he was going to try out for the Sixers too. I think so. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't want to try out for the uh, Celtics. Weirdly, well, like, why would that's strange. Well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the the one I've heard is they're they're taking Josh Jackson or Darren Fox if uh, if if Lonzo Ball doesn't blow them away. So, well, Darren Fox is the one that shut him down in that in that round, so I couldn't blame him for that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's an interesting draft. Uh, you know, everybody in the top of the draft is a guard or a wing. So it kind of just shows you what direction the NBA is going. I just take it as a great sign that I've got absolutely no interest in the draft. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> it just seems I've to done... me that every year we get like I just feel like the players coming out of the draft are getting worse and worse every year. Um and I just see 
I mean, do you remember one guy that made any impact this last year out of the draft? No, this was a specially bad draft. One yeah, Simmons no. went down. When Joel Embiid playing 30 games in his technically what would have been his third season <laughs> winds up getting votes for rookie of the year, that's a pretty sad year. Yeah. Well, we've got Carl Anthony Towns two years ago. Yeah, he, he was good. That was a good draft. And then, you know, you had... Uh, uh, Anthony Davis before that. Anthony Davis. And you had... Uh, St. Weirdo. Who, well, who'd the, who'd the Cavs draft? Not Wiggins. They had Wiggins had a you know a good scoring year. Yeah, but he's really dropped off defensively, which yeah. is supposed to be a calling card. Yeah, it, right. that's a strange. Which is weird. Which is weird with a coach like Tibbs too. Unless Tibbs is like having to tear him down before he can build him back up again. But I don't know. That just seems weird to me. Like that seemed like it would have been a much better fit for him to improve his defensive game. And I, I just feel like he went the other way in the few games I watched. Well, the yeah. other guy from that draft, Jabari Parker. Yeah, if he, he could looked, stay healthy, he'd be great. I was going to say, he looked fantastic this year before he went down with another ACL. Yeah. So I hope that guy can figure it out because how fun would would uh, Jabari Parker and Antetokounmpo be as the next great team in the East after the Cavs? But he could be Brandon Roy. He could wind up just having no cartilage left and, yeah. you know, just not not being a shell of what he could have been. That's a team I could very easily cheer for if the Cavs weren't weren't relevant. What the Bucks? Yeah, especially if they yeah. keep Delhi around. <laughs> I'm talking like nine years down the road. Yeah, maybe not that long. Maybe like seven. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's it, it's just really interesting. Like a lot of the guys that are really good out of some of these drafts are ending up being these guys that are taken real late like uh yeah. you know the joker Jokic. yeah um draymond green was a 35th pick oh my gosh isn't that yeah. insane or um or you know gobert where they where they got him at yeah uh one pick behind the Cavs, i think um yeah so i i think it's just going to show you more and more that the best player in the draft may not be the guy at the top so Paying attention, David Griffin. There might be somebody there that is taller than five eight that you could draft. <laughs> I don't think they have a pick this year, though, do they? Um, well, they could buy one again. I don't think they will, but they could. Yeah. No, I they think could, they have a second think, rounder. No, I think that was wasn't that part of the. Do they have a? Maybe they do have a second rounder, but well, they got rid. Of, yeah, that might have been the Corver deal because they got rid of the. That's right. They got first rid of, round pick in the swap with Portland. So, I don't know. I don't think they have a pick this year. Yeah. But like you said, they can always buy one. They bought one last year for what was that, two and a half million dollars? So, yeah. a, a dollar per inch, <laughs> <laughs> or a million dollars per inch. Sorry, poor, poor K. Felder. Uh, and it hey, certainly. What do you mean, helped. poor K. Felder? I mean, the... poor K. Felder it didn't help his stock at all. That with what happened with with Isaiah Thomas this year. So yeah. Well, not only that. I mean. But the other side of that, he gets to be the mascot for, um, you know, a championship team. So, <laughs> well, dude, next year, I, I but see people keep saying like, well, if the Cavs lose, what what moves can they make? They'll have to look at trading Kevin Love again or whatever. And I, I default to what they don't know, Nate, is who comes to town next year, which is Sedai the Jedi. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got you drinking the Kool-Aid, huh? Oh no, I I, I just threw that out there cuz I am like I'm like Mark Jackson right now egging your Jeff Van Gundy on <laughs> to talk about your favorite your Euro character. I've heard a lot of mixed reviews. I've heard that he's very ordinary and then I've heard that he has something special that will only be revealed in the NBA. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I'm not putting too much stock in it. No. <laughs> Until all my, right. No. No. I mean, I'm excited, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna blow him up. But the moral of this story is, if it is a quarter till eleven, and we're talking about the NBA draft on the eve of the NBA finals, this podcast is probably getting a little long in the tooth. <laughs> That's true. Although we did beat. I mean, we did beat the finals to death in the first like. Hour. Forty minutes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, we've been talking about this finals for the last seven months. I mean, this is what this whole season's been building up to. Okay. There's not a matchup or no, it's, it's... or an X factor, anything that hasn't been dissected a million times at this point. Yeah. And I'm super excited to actually watch relevant basketball again. Seriously. I mean, because we haven't watched it for in a month. <laughs> I don't know why. I, under, I the one thing I don't understand is why these are set set times like. Both teams finished. Why couldn't you move up? Why couldn't you move up the the timetable? So, so I mean, Tony Kornheiser's been on this, uh, dying on this hill for the last week, um, and the whole thing is is that people do not realize that all these, the you know the U.S. TV networks are not the only uh, networks that the NBA has deals with, and the NBA right. is deals with China and with all these European networks and all this stuff. Um, so they all plan their schedule. They all plan their schedule yeah. based yeah. on these days. So I get it. That that are in place, plus the foreign media and all that kind of stuff. And even though the venue can change, they've they've negotiated all these contracts based on those dates. Right. So you know, I get that makes that. sense. It makes sense. So the real question I have to ask you, and if you have seen this movie, Sam, feel free to tune out. But have you seen Alien Covenant yet? No. I have, uh, okay, well, I'll talk about it on another podcast. What about you, Sam? You're not no, I haven't. Yet. Yeah. Okay, well, I can't. I, no spoilers then, EG. I'm not going to say anything else. I've just been too busy with the with graduations and everything like that. But uh, And, you know, having a job and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been... It's been difficult to to get out and see things. I don't think I've seen anything since Guardians, but um... yeah, I'm strictly a dollar theater kind of guy for the next year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, Sam lives just up the road from me, and uh, yeah, Get Out is uh, out at the out at the buck fifty. So that's worth seeing okay. for yeah, a buck fifty. I, I definitely want to go see that. Um, that's on my list. That's yeah, for that's a playoff definitely... off day. That's de- that would have been worth regular price. That's a good movie. I've I've heard it's very good. Yeah. So, so I'm looking forward to that. And I I did see Guardians. What was your take on Guardians, EG? I had a lot of fun. I mean, I, it was too long by about 25 minutes. I, at yeah, the that's end. that's my take as well. But but I still laughed. I still had a good time. I still liked going back and seeing those characters again. I didn't need. Uh, the cameo at the beginning and the end, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, Stallone? Oh, yeah. I just didn't want to ruin it if people hadn't seen it. But um, uh, uh, I'm talking about Frank Stallone. Yeah, Frank Stallone. Those young guys don't even know who this Stallone dude is. <laughs> <laughs> flat circle. <laughs> um, Did you but, say flat yeah. circle? 
No, I said blasphemy. Oh, blasphemy. Okay. <laughs> He's Rocky. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think I think it did what it needed to do. It was it was a perfect follow up to the first one, and and again, aside from being a little long in the tooth, I thought it was just fine. Yeah, it was it was a little too long. I'll give it that. But I thought Dave Bautista stole the movie. Oh, he's he, great. He was fantastic. He was yeah. the best part of that movie, and he was really, really funny. Like, yeah, great, genuinely great funny. comic timing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he was really good. Um, half hour too long, and then a little too, you know, overtly a toy commercial. I think that's what was one of the charms of the first one, was they didn't try to sell you toys and previews to other movies for, you know, an hour of the movie. <laughs> so Yeah, true. I, I I had about enough baby Groot, so <laughs> I am Groot. I'm I'm yeah. I although that being said, everything was really well done. I mean, probably the best end credits possibly I've ever seen in a movie. Um, the way they did those were were really entertaining. Oh yeah, that's true. Except for the, I I'm getting a little tired of the extra scenes at the end thing. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> yeah. it's starting to get yeah. old. It's Marvel, though, man. It wouldn't it be a Marvel, Marvel movie without the without the, the the tag on the tag on the tag. Yeah, but then now we watch for him in these DC movies, and they're just like, "Oh, why did I stay for this? This was so depressing." I did. I didn't. I always go online ahead of time and find out if there is one. <laughs> right, right, and like I don't need five minutes. I don't need thirty seconds of um, Ben Affleck and Viola Davis. So yeah. Like I held in my, I held in the pee from my my extra large drink for that. <laughs> yeah, for 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 another thirty seconds of Ben Affleck. Yeah, go on. Oh, thank you. Yeah, are are you excited about Wonder Woman at all or no? No, I'm about as excited as as people in Lebanon. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, didn't you see that they banned they banned the movie in Lebanon on all fifteen screens it was going to be on because she's she's Israeli and she served in the army. <laughs> So they won't they won't show it in their country because they're still at war with Israel. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about going to see a Wonder Woman movie. <laughs> like, just don't do it. I think it looks entertaining, but I, I I think all those DC movies are are terrible. And then, of course, I don't know if you saw the trailer for Justice League. It just looks like a Ugh. it looks like a sloppier mess than the last Zack Snyder movie. So. I thought the last the last great hope of 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 DC after Chris Nolan flew the coop was that if they would have done a decent job with the villains with Suicide Squad and that was just a hot mess. Uh, was, yeah, I actually was... I didn't hate Suicide Squad. I yeah, but you didn't Suicide. like it. you didn't like it either. No, I said I kind of liked it. I Come thought on. here's the thing. What's I the story? What was the story? Here's the thing I like about it. It was a comic book movie that did not take itself too seriously. And and that's what I enjoyed about it. And it was all character driven. And it was just kind of all these little vignettes. I liked it a lot. Maybe it's just because I liked it was watching... it was exclusively character driven because there was no plot. <laughs> well, that is true. But I mean, if you don't like Viola Davis, then what? <laughs> then you know you definitely don't like Viola Davis in that movie. Well, I liked uh, Margot Robbie, and maybe that's all it took for me. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, come but on, people are going to be... If there cost... was a reason to like the movie... But Jared Leto, Jared Leto, come on. Oh, yeah, he was... he was. That that role was doomed to fail. Maybe the worst Joker of all time. Um, 
That's a tough one. Who is the worst Joker of all time? He was worse than Cesar Romero in the Batman TV Cesar show. Cesar Romero was great. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and he was, before that, the worst of all the Joker. <laughs> Mar- definitely not worse, not better than Mark Hamill. So. Nope. Not better than Heath Ledger. Not better than Jack Nicholson. Yeah, that's true. Right? I'm not wrong. No, you you are correct. So he <laughs> might be the worst Joker ever. Worst Joker ever. <laughs> so, uh, Sam, any uh, parting thoughts, parting shots, anything you want to plug? Uh, gosh, I all I have on my radar right now is tests and the finals. So <laughs> I'm just excited to sit back with the Corona and watch these next seven games that that's a that's a pretty uh that's a uh, pretty good uh pretty good way to sum it up what about you eg <laughs> well unlike my previous uh pitch i'm gonna pitch against watching twin peaks until it gets regained some semblance of normalcy because that i gotta say i'm a diehard twin peaks fan and i was couldn't have been more excited for anything and I watched the first four episodes, and I, I it took it took a lot of it took a lot of willpower to, to last through the the full four hours. Uh, I hope <laughs> it gets I hope it gets better, um, but it's and some people are saying it's genius. I think it's a little bit Emperor's New Clothes, but uh, I, you know it's David Lynch. I'll still I'll still watch it all, and I'll probably hate myself for it. Um, but my new pitch would be uh, that I'm, the new thing I'm excited for is uh, that uh, season five of House of Cards, Cards. dropped. Yeah, and <laughs> supposed to be the best since the first season. So I'm well, I'm excited to go watch that. I've never watched. I got that, through so. the first half an hour of the first episode before this, so I got to finish it up after this. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Interesting. I have not. How about you? How, How about you, Nate? Um. So I guess. Um. Uh, Tony Kornheiser podcast has been heavy in my uh, rotation. Uh, it's kind of a great, like, uh, one of the things is uh, CNN's top political commentator right now, Chris Eliza, is on there, and he is the bane of uh, Sean Spicer's existence, so that is uh, always fun. <laughs> um, but it, it is very irreverent, um, so I'm enjoying that a lot, and it's, you know, sports and politics and art and all that kind of stuff that I enjoy. And then um, I'm trying to think of what else. I haven't been watching a lot of TV. It's kind of been weird. I've had the TV off since I have not had the Cavs on, and I I don't know. What... Oh, you mean you don't watch First Take every morning and and listen to <laughs> Stephen A. and Max Kellerman screaming at each other over who's better, LeBron or Michael Jordan? <sighs> um, um, no, I I have not been doing that. I have also missed all the TNT promo commercials for like uh Animal Kingdom and um what was claws. the claws wasn't it claws yes, yes. i yeah. i've missed all the claws episodes unfortunately Jeez. i missed the or fortunately <laughs> hey it's still better than the last ship <laughs> which i swear they played the la- the same last ship preview for 3 years Ugh. Yeah, I'm bummed out. Mr. Robot's not coming back until September now. Oh yeah. Well, all the shows are dry, are wait until the fall or late summer, because uh, you know Game of Thrones and. Uh, well, at least Game of Thrones is like July, I think. Yeah. 
if they don't push it again. True. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely. Have you guys watched Fargo at all? The TV I love show? Fargo. Is love it. it. It's on tonight. Yeah, it's fantastic. Okay, I'll, I'll have to check that out. And then. And you don't have to start with season one because they're all. Every season is a different time oh, period and a whole. Contained. Yeah, a whole different cast. Oh, like that's awesome. it. Fargo is what. Uh, what is like the the darkly comedic version of what. Um, True Detective. True Detective should have been. Well, I heard they're coming out with a third season. Oh God! Well, That's True Detective. I hope, it, so. I hope it's more like season one and not like at all like season well, two. But I, I don't think they would make the same mistake twice. But every season of Fargo, it, it started at it's such a high bar that you. I felt like I don't know how it gets. It's it's only going to get worse from here, and it's only gotten better oh, every season. Cool. In my in my opinion, it's only gotten more interesting and more. I just think I think Noah Hawley is uh, is super talented and well. Who's uh, the, who's the male lead this season? Isn't it? Um, the the it's a female lead. It's it's Carrie Coon from yeah. But isn't um, Obi Wan in it? Yeah. Oh right. He plays two. He plays two different roles. He plays twin brothers, and it's uh, and it's great. Uh, what what is you and you and McGregor? Ewan McGregor uh, one of my who just starred in the most bizarre sequel I've ever heard of, Train Spotting Two, twenty years later. Or yeah. some odd years later, so I'm, I'm kind of watch, curious watch, to see that. Do you watch Leftovers at all? I, I don't like. I'm I'm anti David Lindelof, so I can't watch Leftovers. Well, but I'm just <laughs> only because Carrie Coon is in that show okay. too, and she's she's fantastic in both. Yeah, okay, she yeah. played uh, she played Ben Affleck's sister in Gone Girl. If if you want to need a reference, okay, okay. But uh, but she's great, and uh, just all the characters they wind up finding are great. They it, just the thematics they use, the way they shoot it, the way he shoots it. I mean, he he's captured what was great about the movie, but serialized it in a way that you know just just makes it in, well, inherently I'm interesting. Watch it. Now I'm gonna, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna cue that. Is it on Netflix? No, uh, I think so. Well, it's it's on. FX, so it would be on Prime then, probably. Yeah, it might be on. Yeah, it's on Prime, probably. Okay, cool. I'll check. Great it out show, there. though. A lot of cool. fun. Cool. Um, and then the only other thing I got to pitch is I'm still high on the new old '97s album, Graveyard Whistling. That's been heavy in my rotation for about the last month, and I had to see him a couple of weeks ago, and it was a lot of fun. So nice. Oh yeah, that's right. You did. You did mention that. Yeah. Um, are you guys, are you guys all pitched out. Uh, so give me your give me your pick, E.G. Are you making a pick or no? Uh I I hesitate to do it. I think I'm probably with Sam. I think I'm gonna say Cavs and seven, even though I think it could go the other way too. But uh, I'll say <laughs> I'll say Cavs and seven because I don't feel comfortable saying anything less than that, and I don't feel comfortable picking against the Cavs. So I'll say Cavs and seven. Sam, you had Sam and Cavs and seven. Cavs and seven. So this is how it's going to play out. Cavs are going to jump on them game one, shock the world. Game two, they're going to recover. Steve Kerr will come out and coach. And then game three, Cavs will win. And then game four, Cavs will win. And then game five, uh, Golden State will kind of give up. So and Draymond will get tossed. And that uh, you heard it here first, Cavs and five. <laughs> I love it. I hope it oh, happens that exactly happens, that way. If that happens, I'll buy you a steak dinner. <laughs> If that happens, I'll I'll get a fake Cavs blog tattoo on my face. 
Okay. This is you temporary hear it one. And I'll wear it and I'll wear it for a week as a temporary tattoo on my face. <laughs> good good. That would know. be that would be the best steak I'd ever buy in my life and I wouldn't even eat it. <laughs> I'd share. Okay. <laughs> as always, everybody, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs Podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. And we're